Hello, Floyd Paniacs, and may I say, Amen. How have we come to this point? I, I don't know. There are a lot of people who are AEW fans who are also Flyers fans, I guess. I Including I guess. Mr. Bill Matz. I blame Bill. This is Bill's fault. It's absolutely all Bill's fault. <laughs> this is Bill's fault. This is Bill's fault. He's going to light that fuse and then say, who cares about the goal song as he walks away from the burning building? That's just Bill's style right there. Folks, we fought the good fight to try and make Tag Teams Classic. Whoop, there it is. The goal song and failed miserably I, there was a moment of hope when Katoria scored the other night and they played Wump, and we're like oh they played Wump twice it might be it might be the song my almost decade old battle to get Wump there it is it's the flyers goal song based on a scene in the mighty ducks 2 almost came to fruition and it did not it failed miserably as your philadelphia hockey flyers named their three finalists for their goal song for the upcoming season and these choices are weird as hell. Yeah, there, there's something. These are definitely songs <laughs> in the loosest sense. <laughs> it was a very George Costanza way of going. There's something. It, it certainly is. There's something. It's a song choices, Jerry. Uh, so your goal song finalists. First off, the one that I was singing coming into this is Tarzan Boy by Baltimora, which... I'm familiar with this song, but I had no idea that it was either named Tarzan Boy or by Baltimore. I had no idea either of those things existed, but I knew this song. And how I know this song is in the 90s, I feel like this song was used all the time in like movie trailers and movies. The oh, 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 like I only know it by that song. I was blown away that this is apparently a goal song choice. Yeah, I think... For those who don't know, this is Jungle Boy's theme in AEW. Myself, an AEW fan, I know this. And it's cool when the whole arena does it together, I guess. But, like, very much not the vibe for a hockey game after you've scored, in my opinion. Like, it's kind of fun for the entrance for Jungle Boy because he's, like, a very, I don't know, like, he dances around and he's doing flips and shit. Uh, and, like... It's not very much a turn up thing as much as it's like a everybody's behind him kind of thing. Goal songs need to be stuff you can turn up to. This is not something you can turn up to. I do like the idea of chanting that in the arena, but like do that with a song where it's pumping me up. Don't do that with a song where I'm just kind of like vibing to it a little bit. Like this is not something I'm listening to before a game. This is not something I'm listening to to get jacked up. I don't I don't get it at all. Absolutely. It only checks off the chantability part of the the three points that you had for a perfect goal song the other week. <laughs> I, I really am just, just stunned that this has made it this far. And like, I get that it's 
apparently I, I didn't know any, I don't know anything about wrestling. I was stunned about this coming up there. And then when it was explained that it was jungle boy, uh, jungle boy's song, I was like, uh, Oh, okay. I guess, I guess people were like, well, let's just jam the ballot box with this. If there was even a true vote, which I have my suspicions about, I'm going to hold it's a all press rigged. conference next week at the Four Seasons Landscaping in Northeast Philly to bring about all of the important evidence that I clearly have that the Flyers <laughs> have this rigged. There will be no questions, but Tarzan Boy is a terrible choice. I just cannot get over that. And I just, I can't get over it as this just 90s, like, 90s movie song more than anything. It plays over the credits after you see, like, I don't know, a ninja movie or something. Like, it's... Uh, good for Jungle Boy, not good for Flyers Nations here, for, for the Flyers fan base. It's just, I, I can't see this going well in the Wells Fargo Center this season. But it is a finalist, it is not the final choice necessarily. Which brings us to our second option here. And this is a song I enjoy. A song I've been listening to for a long period of my life. A song that reminds me of college and holy fuck you're old <laughs> i'm very old as you know i i come on like ah oh, i just i i was a i was a might on ice at the spectrum i'm old as shit Re- beer by real big fish beer is one ska. of the, it's ska is there a contingent of ska loving flyers fans that wear like checkered orange and black pants out there those are for sale those are for sale i actually own a pair of those they're pajama pants oh there we buy those so i own a set of them so i guess i'm the uh sky loving demographic that you're speaking there you go you you can combine those with my orange chucks and then you get some i i'm trying to remember the full i need suspenders i need suspenders you need suspenders and you need like an orange and black hat and then you're ready yeah like the trilby hats or whatever yeah Good lord. I mean, beer's a fun song. I have my share of... Here's another thing that's going to date me considerably here. I have my share of mixed CDs with beer on there. And it's just a fun song. But, you know, one could say we're seeing the Flyers sell out with this choice. Okay, that's... I will see myself out after a Real Big Fish. But that's another song by Real Big Fish, if people don't know, because it's a band from the 90s and early 2000s that... It's a ska band. I, I, I'm really stunned by this choice too. I just anytime I think of ska, there are two things that come to mind for me. One is less than Jake, who was on one of the older NHL soundtracks, and I can't remember. Or I maybe I'm Mandela affecting myself here, but I believe they were. And uh, they have a couple albums that I really like. So shout out to them. And then the other thing that comes to mind, I think I sent you a message about this when I watched it for the first time. So there's a Scooby-Doo reboot that was on Cartoon Network a while back, like early 2010s, I think, called Mystery Incorporated. And in it, there's a whole episode dedicated to them making fun of Ska. Wow. And it is funny as shit. And this is this is not like a incredibly long running show by cartoon standards. Like I think there are sixty total episodes. So one of those sixty, and one of those sixty, they chose to devote to ska and just dunking on it for literally like thirty minutes straight. So I think they're still on Netflix. I think that show is still on Netflix. Uh, for our listeners, 
go check it out. You should listen to uh, or watch the uh, ska related episode. It's pretty great. Thanks. <laughs> I wow. Okay, I, I guess that's on the list right there. But uh, you know, ska's back for your Philadelphia Flyers. Look, beer is a fun song, right? I wouldn't mind hearing that maybe once a game. But if you have to hear beer, like. I don't know, let's say the Flyers are playing, say, the Buffalo Sabres and score, like, five, six goals. You gotta hear beer, like, five or six times. That might be just a bit too much beer. I don't know. Like, on one hand, yeah, but on the other hand, the other team has to suffer through it, too. So, <laughs> it has that annoyance factor. So, it could like, be a Chelsea, Chelsea dagger. dagger has going on, right? Uh, 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 shut up! Yeah, I, it's it's, not, it's just beer over and over again with the trumpets have in the background. Myself a beer. I, I, it's fine. Like it's a fun song. I just I don't think it's a goal song, but okay. I mean, it's clearly the best option of these three because I I'd never even heard of this other. Song. Oh, it's terrible! It's the worst of the three by far. This girl by Kungs and Cooking on three burners. I I, I don't why. I don't, what if I just... I listen This to is it. the one that Chuck Fletcher picked, or Dave Scott. This is all... This whole thing is just deployed by Big Comcast to force us to listen to this shitty goal song, and we need to go into the the Farg this year with our own speakers and form a counter-resistance against the deep state here with, uh, <laughs> with just playing whoop <laughs> on our own, on our own uh, speakers. I'm just you know, imagining... Fight the power. Fight the power. I'm imagining this is <laughs> showing up like the always sunny crew at the train station with the boombox over their head, playing "Come on, ride the train, choo choo ride it, woo woo." Yeah, just just do that, but like ten thousand people in the Farg doing that at once, and it's just whoop, there it is, and it's a chaotic mess because nobody can start it at the same time. It'd be great if there's just competing factions for all the goal song options. Like, there's one section playing whoop, there it is. There's another section playing the action news theme. There's another section playing Van Halen, and it's just a mishmash of just music and nobody can make anything out. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. <laughs> this Welcome welcome to Cuperbole. <laughs> We're fighting the deep Oh no Congress. no no! I just watched a whole documentary on that. Oh, oh god! <laughs> Good Those Lord. people are nuts, man. They're the nuttiest nuts that ever nut. I it's it's bad. It's bad. And I oh, but th- these these choices are just so they're terrible. They're so bad. Like why why? How are these the finalists? Who's how the fuck have we gone from like feel the shake is a bad goal song or at the very least <laughs> mediocre. And we need to pick something new to, oh, God, go back, please. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you know what? I was never a big dupe guy, but guess what? I'd take dupe over any of these any day of the week. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want dupe back because it's the union's thing. It but, like, thing. It, it really, it would be less painful, I guess, than any of these options. These all kind of stink. Like, beer's fine, I guess, maybe doesn't really feel like a goal song it doesn't feel like a goal song it doesn't it's just not i'd almost rather hear sell out <laughs> i don't know it's just it's it's weird these are weird cho- who was out there voting for these I, I i didn't see the contingents online is there just like is there a hidden flyers reddit out there that conspired to put all of these together i i would find out but i'm terrified to find out i think i think chuck fletcher if you if you like pan to him in his office he's like wearing the checkered pants and the suspenders with the hat and then uh he has like a 90s movie on and he's just like oh this is a good song we should use this and then his his like 
cousin God. or something is in Kung's and Cooking on Three Burners. I just have this image in my head now of Chuck Fletcher in head to toe like ska gear right now. And <laughs> I feel like I need to make this happen because that's just it turns out Chuck Fletcher is just a huge ska fan at the end of the day. <laughs> You go in his house, and it's just like a bunch of ska albums all over the walls, like the the record covers, and that's it. And his Listen, whole wardrobe is just suspenders and checkered pants. As Chuck Fletcher says, if there ain't fourteen instruments playing, it ain't music. He's a big fan of uh that YouTube channel that does ska covers of punk songs. He's a big fan of that. Have you ever seen that before? I don't think so, but ska's covered pretty much every genre of music. I mean, most of the most popular ska songs are covers, like, like, Come On I Leave by Save Ferris, right? Like, it's... That's all... That's what something. ska does. Ska is my life. Ska will forever define me. Quote Jake Peralta, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Wow. I, I'm just stunned by this. These goal songs stink. Go back. I demand a recount. Get just Throw out these results. Let's start from scratch. I cannot Check the machines. This. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gotta find the, the Dominion vote. No, no, we cannot. Let's not bring up election shit. We don't need this false bullshit. But tag team troops, I know you're out there. <laughs> you're as mad as I am about this. And I, I don't know. I... I they they faked me out, Eamon. I think that's what I'm most pissed off about, is they faked me out. They gave yeah. me hope, and I didn't want hope. It, and they, it, it's so bad. I just And then, like, when they used Whoop, There It Is, they didn't even use, like, the good parts of the song in conjunction with the Whoop, There It Is. They literally just looped the one part, and I it was just Whoop, up. There It Is until the end of time. And it was like, I mean, I'm not an expert in audio editing or, like, clipping things together so that they sound any good, clearly. But... I put together like a crappy assemblage of it on YouTube and it sounded better than this because at the very least I like kind of mixed parts of the song together. This was literally like the laziest way they could have done it. I don't know. It was all lame. I think they, they, this is a shot at Flyperbole, a shot at me personally, a shot at Broad Street Hockey as a whole. You know, this is shots fired by the Flyers and this is We should sue them. (laughs) <laughs> listen we Just love the flyers the but they're not stealing my good ideas or if they do steal my good ideas like the spectrum room they make them into the the disassembly room and it's just kind of like okay no we want we want the stinky spectrum room we want the disgusting we, uh, what about the dank mo the dank that's what we're missing <laughs> and it's just the flyers don't listen to me and I, I feel like I need to break up with them. No, I'm never I'm never leaving the Flyers. I will deal with this crap for the rest of my life. I'm I'm stuck here. This is my lot in life because I was born in Philadelphia and love hockey. Stockholm syndrome. Go see a therapist. <laughs> it's true. It's just an unhealthy relationship right here. And the Flyers just can't stop making bad decisions right now. Like, for instance, hmm, who do we want in our starting lineup? Do we want Morgan Frost or do we want Jackson Cates? Man, what a smooth segue. You're getting so good at that. Yeah. Holy crap. That's what I went to school for. I Best in the segue, business. Segue school at Temple <laughs> University. Good God. Were you in class with like Paul Blart Mall Cop? Jesus. Well, you know, it should be Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Flyers assigned Lena Sandine, Morgan Frost, Tyson Forster, Isaac Ratcliffe, and Cal O'Reilly to the Phantoms today. Um, some of those guys I don't think were today, but they were recent. They happened since the last time that we did play Purple And then on waivers to go to the Phantoms, we also had Adam Glendening, not Luke Glendening. I definitely took a minute to realize that when I was, I was like, his name <laughs> looks familiar, but it's not quite right. No, it's not Luke Glendening. This is Adam Glendening. Very different person. Definitely not Luke Glendening with a mustache. Um, <laughs> Gary Mayhew. Uh, Jerry Mayhew, of course, played Chewbacca in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was Peter Mayhew. Damn it. Uh, he's his cousin. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, the germ. The germ. So shows you what the Flyers think of him and Connor Bunneman, which I was kind of surprised by. And I think we can agree. You've gotten the show notes here. Frost didn't really pop in camp. Um, you are surprised that the team didn't leave him at the NHL level. I am a little bit surprised, but not shocked. And Cam York is still with the team. That's pretty interesting. Maybe Cam York can play second line center. Maybe so. Put him at forward. Put him at forward. You know, I... Oh God. Well, where's Sam Marina? He can... He can play forward, <laughs> He can right? play the wing. He's fine. No, he's he hurt can again. Learn, he can learn center in two months. He, sure. You know, look, I am all for developing players at the proper pace and everything. Like, I am a big advocate of that, as people who have listened to the show for years will realize. But... I really feel like this is the time for Frost to kind of like make or break. And this seemed like a prime opportunity right now with Kevin Hayes hurt and Jackson Cates, Jackson Cates. Come on guys. I think that's where my issue here is, is I don't know that Morgan Frost really deserved to make the team out of camp. To be honest with you, they can call him up whenever that'll be fine. You know, he doesn't have to go down through waivers, from what I remember. But Jackson Cates, really? Like, did y'all watch the same guy that I did? Because he did not impress me. He has not impressed me in the NHL at all. Um, and this this smells like Tanner Glass to me. Um, <laughs> noted infamous New York Ranger that Elaine Vigneault played for no reason, Tanner Glass. So... I like if you're gonna if you're gonna use one of these guys where it's like oh they they may not have the same upside but they have like a lot of experience in I guess I guess with Jackson Cates the NCAA but like just a lot more experience under their belt Connor Bunneman's the dude who makes sense because he's been a good NHL player for stretches not long stretches but stretches and he's been a good AHL player for a long time so. Why not him? Like, Why not him? I don't, think, I don't get it. I don't think he was that impressive either, but he looked a hell of a lot better than freaking Jackson Cates to me. So they must really want Noah Cates to sign with them is my only <laughs> explanation it. there because Jackson Cates looks slow as shit, dude. As we know, brothers got to play together. Ugh, I mean, that's like the only reason I can see for them signing him and then... I don't. I can't explain why they're playing him because he was not one of the best players on the ice during any of the preseason games he was in, and I watched most of them, and I will go back and watch the remainder. But from what I can tell from people's opinions, who I trust, uh, such as Maddie uh, of BSH, he's not looked good. So 
Well, Morgan Frost, you know, looked like he was kind of getting back in the swing of things and wasn't playing his best, didn't look great. His worst is still probably about as good as the best that I've seen from Jackson Cates. So, I don't know. It all just seems like a stupid decision, but that's why I'm not an NHL GM, I guess. So, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, it's just... Uh, this The starting lineup is... Not ideal for opening night right here. You don't say. <laughs> like the the top six is actually perfectly fine. And honestly, I wouldn't I don't even mind the top nine of say like you throw Scott Lawton in at third line center. Scoot loops. Scooty yeah. loops, you know, like if let's say let's say they keep G on the wing, which I would be perfectly fine with moving Claude Giroux to second line center considering everything going on right now but let's say so the cap friendly death chart right here showed Giroux, Couturier, Travis Konecny top line, JVR, Broussard, and Farabee the bees oh god not the bees Oski boy Jackson Cates and Cam Atkinson and then Scott Lawton Nate Thompson and NAK of the NAKGB but I don't know I really can't see Jackson Cates as the third line center right there i think i'd rather nate thompson, thompson is there. better than him yeah nate thompson is better than him like nate thompson is an nhl player i don't know that jackson cates is i don't know that jackson cates is even like a first or second line ahl player at this point <laughs> i have no clue what they see in him this just is kind of baffling but i don't really want to bash him that much because it's like okay maybe he'll pin out maybe he'll have good possession numbers do i think any of that ends up happening no i think this is probably going to be a regrettable decision and morgan frost will be called up pretty promptly maybe they just want him to get a conditioning stint in lehigh valley but that still doesn't explain why the hell you wouldn't play connor bunneman over him like Ah. Right, Bunneman, because Bunneman has to go on waivers to get to the Phantoms at this point, and I have to chuckle because I must have misspelled Phantoms in the show notes, and it says Fat Noms, which is a great name for a business right there, Fat Noms. But I, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, I guess for the third line, I don't know, Lindblom, Lawton, Brassard, Lindblom, or not, I guess Brassard, second line center, and then Lindblom, Lawton, NAK? I don't know. Or Atkinson, right? Uh, it's They can play around with this a little bit, but the big problem is just the centers, right? Like, if you have Derek Broussard, second line center, that's an issue. You I don't love do that. that. I don't love that. And this is a guy who didn't even want to play center anymore at this point. No. <laughs> he wanted yeah. to be on the wing, and now he might be second line center. Honestly, they're going to have to put Giroux back at center. And he played well there last year. He looked great last year at center. So I'm not that opposed to it if it's a short-term fix. And then when Kevin Hayes gets back, then they shuffle things back around again. But in the meantime, I feel like you can't you can't have Broussard 2C, Jackson Cates 3C, Nate Thompson 4C. Or you can swap those last two. But I don't know. That just does not look like a winning hockey team to me. Just an iffy iffy decision by the coaching staff here if it is their decision if not iffy decision by the general manager yeah i that third line is so close to being good too like oscar lindblom cam atkinson if they're the third line per se right yeah they're good players they're good players and if you can throw somebody in the middle who's pretty good and look 
Nate Thompson can win faceoffs, and I guess he can play defense, but I really don't like him much beyond those two factors. He's he had a pretty decent year last year in Winnipeg. I think the bare minimum you feel like you can trust him with is he's not going to get his head completely crushed in in possession numbers when he's out there. And that's like fine for a fourth liner. If you're pairing him with NAK and Scott Lawton, which NAK has looked fantastic, by the way, in the preseason. Like he's looked like peak 2019-2020 NAK for a lot of it. The Iron Curtain is back. I know. It makes me so happy as a... (laughs) you know, the premier of the NAKGB or whatever the title would be. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it would be. Founding member or I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, like that's a that's a good fourth oh, line. Czar. You're the czar of the NAKGB. That's obviously what it is. Sure. But like sticking Kate's in there and then just like all of all of the shuffling that's going on. I feel really confident that this Flyers like roster has great pieces along the wings. I do not feel good down the middle unless Kevin Hayes is back. And even then, I feel a little bit iffy. Yeah, I, I I would feel way better if Kevin Hayes was back and Morgan Frost was centering the third line, frankly. I think Broussard is the 3C and then Thompson as the 4C is okay. Particularly because, again, it's like Broussard has looked really good with Lindblom. I agree. I, I've really liked what they've done together. Maybe you're like, all right, these guys are a good tandem. You put NAK with them on the third line or Lawton, um, and that looks good, right? But also, like, if they're going to play Jackson Cates at center and or if they want to, you know, keep Broussard down the middle for the 2C spot and then they want, like, a better 3C option than Jackson Cates, I'd say Scott Lawton is a better center than Jackson Cates. And Scott Lawton is not nearly as good of a center as he is a winger. I'd rather you, like, go with Lawton and then you maybe... I don't know, you could play Bunneman on the fourth line wing or something like that if you don't trust him to be defensively responsible enough, but they have many more options along the wing than they do at center at this point, so they That's they true. have the ability to tinker. It just it feels like they're going to plug Jackson Cates in on the fourth line, and we're going to have to suffer through like five games of him looking like dog shit before <laughs> they figure that out, and then they're like, oh, okay. Well, he's not very good. So, hey, Morgan Frost, you done with your conditioning stint yet? Okay, cool. You're Let's just hope it's only five games because if this turns into a Chris I can't live situation. Oh, my God. Not another 81 games of this shit. I can't. And then Chris Vandevelde on the final game of the season was finally scratched. Like a, like a you know, like Night Before Christmas type story. That's, that's how that reads. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read that to my children just to uh, say... <laughs> This is the tale of Chris Vandevelde, and it's just got illustrations of him falling on the ice and just lagging behind the play. God, I, I can't handle. It was the night like, before scratching, and all through the rink. <sighs> I can't, I can't handle this team giving us another Yori Laterra or Val Filpula or <laughs> Chris Vandevelde or whoever. Like I just need them to play people who are good at hockey and i don't know that jackson cates obviously all of these guys are good at hockey like relative to a normal human being sure. but relative to an nhl player i don't know that jackson cates is any good Jody i do Shelley know that connor bonneman circles around me good. but like i never want to watch jody shelley handle a puck again in an nhl rink with nhl players <sighs> yeah like I just, I don't know, man. This 
this is frustrating but at the same time i'm not in that group of people where it's like oh well frost should have had that spot because he didn't look good and it he clearly needs some time to catch back up and get healthy i don't think that throwing him into the fire in the nhl is the best way to bring him along in that phase and then as soon as the moment he's back to where he was where he's just absolutely dominating the ahl then you bring him up but until then, I think you've got to give him some time to recuperate because you have to consider he hasn't played hockey in a very long time. So, yeah, he's still working his way back. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like there's a couple more preseason games. I wouldn't have minded seeing how he looked in those and whatever. I'm not paid to be on the coaching staff. I am not part of the ass crew to make these assumptions. I sorry. I just cannot help myself. But it's it's a it's a weird choice, but. We're trusting the fly. We're not really trusting the Flyers to have made the right decision. Never. Here. We're gonna see. Never. <laughs> We're certainly gonna see. Well, they have <sighs> what negative like five million in cap space right now to try and pick somebody up for centering duty, so that ain't happening. Yeah, go get go get Tomas Hurdle with the money that we don't have. That's a dumbass tweet that I saw on the timeline today. <laughs> like well, I mean, they're like, go send, get go get Tomas Hurdle. You send some money out that way. <laughs> I wouldn't know what? who you send, but. He needs to get, I'm pretty sure either, yeah, he's due for a contract extension. He's not nearly as good as people think he is. I watched him a lot last year because my roommate's a Sharks fan and he wasn't very good and he's not as young as he used to be and you'd have to give up a couple assets to get him. None of that makes any sense. So I can't remember who put that on my timeline, but whoever you are, keep dreaming, buddy, because that's not happening. (laughs) Keep on dreaming, buddy just such a like these are probably the same people who were like the flyers should go get literally every single star in free agency every year it's like i don't think you understand how the salary cap works like this is a very ed snyder way of doing things or paul holmgren paul i mean you know paul holmgren barely made it work that ltir was a disaster every year i yeah the same people were like well why can't they just get patrick line well you see, you have you to have, have to pay for assets. You have to pay him. Like, also, uh, I'm just... y'all would hate him. Oh my like, god! I, I, I don't want him for that reason. They would, they would hate him, and within a week, he'd be. He's like, think about everything that Flyers fans bitched about with Jeff Carter, and then turn it up to like a forty, and that's Patrick Line. Oh yeah, I dude. The combination of Line and Voracek in Columbus. <laughs> is going to be a sight to behold this season. Did you see that quote on that from Jake? I missed that. What did, what did, Salt, what did uh, good old surly Jake put out into the world? So <laughs> I can't remember the exact context. I think a reporter was like, what kind of center do you and Patrick want to be playing with? And Jake says, one who's good at defense. <laughs> because, <laughs> and then I can't remember if this is, I don't want to misquote him, but like basically he said something to the effect of because God knows neither of us are going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Voracek, man, I am going to miss his quotes. That is a great quote. And it's it's true. Neither of them are going to be playing defense. And I don't think they have many centers in Columbus. I have no idea what their roster looks like this year beyond those guys and Marinsky and Elvis Merzlikens. But like, whew, it's going to be a fun team. Fun is a word to use, considering that Zeke Romaldo almost made the team out of camp. And if not for the vaccination, 
debacle probably would be on their starting roster ah yikes. Uh, yikes what that that was a fun fun experience right there what a what a scholar of our time that zeke Ramaldo. oh yeah our leader our leader our leader the true heart of the team uh currently alexander texier is texier yeah. he he's texier he's listed on cap friendly as the top center on that team right that's now. not good because <laughs> he hasn't been he hasn't been as good as expected for like a while so he's not really a 1c type dude and then their other option is freaking max domi oh you got jack defense jack oh, jack jack roslovich is pretty Lost good too i guess but i don't know like those are three i i don't know about texier anymore i haven't watched a lot of him recently but like i know max domi and jack roslovich have been notorious their entire careers for not playing defense so it's gonna be a fun team boone God. jenner you got boone jenner my favorite named hockey player boone jenner and his six clones of him that make up the entire bottom six plus extra forward you will never you will never convince me that boone jenner is a real name no like that's been my thing is the columbus blue jackets are not a real team made up of real people uh at least they have not been they're actually just six clones of nick felino and six clones of boone jenner and then like a couple of actual people playing defense and goalie but that's all of their forwards none of them are real none of them absolutely none of them it's a fake team it doesn't actually exist the columbus blue jackets were the friends we made along the way they're they're uh just a mandela effect in your mind they were never real in the first place it's true the columbus mandela effects <laughs> what a team oh god i'm gonna refer to them as that when we do the first preview of a game against them this season i love that i'm totally i, I fantastic let's do it all right what else do we have here, i don't Steve? have an elegant transition for this one but i really wanted to get into the the big hot button topic of the week for the Flyers right here. And it, I don't know. I still don't understand why the Flyers were involved in this. It's kind of a mystery to me. But Robin Lanner on October 2nd started, you know, he went off on some tweets right here as he is wont to do. And he put out there, is it common for workplaces to give out? I'm just going to say benzos because I'm not good at pronouncing medical words. To employees when they travel, and Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or psychiatrists? Asking for a friend. This doesn't happen in Vegas, to be clear, but I know many other teams. I also have been in on teams that do. And then he replied to that and said, Philadelphia Flyers, dinosaur coach treating people robots, not human. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire Vigneault. First story. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. So, the assumption that most people make is that he is accusing the flyers of giving out these drugs to their players when they travel ambien and benzos and all that fun stuff that is the assumption that the majority of people made upon reading these tweets and then it's just kind of been a mess since then trying to course correct what was actually going on here i'm still not entirely sure to be honest so, an unfolding of what happened here. Um, according to a sit-down with Emily Kaplan at ESPN, this was 
brought on by frustration over what's going on with Jack Eichel in Buffalo with his medical procedure. Specifically, he has a herniated disc in his neck. For those who don't know, the Sabres want him to get one type of surgery. He wants to get another type of surgery. And basically, the Sabres actually dictate what's going on here unless Eichel wants to miss games. So he's been holding out. They have a really contentious relationship. This is a lot of the reason that Eichel is basically considered all but gone at this point. Yeah, I, like they failed his physical, so he yeah he. I'm using quote marks right now. He failed his physical. Yeah, and, sure, <laughs> sure, okay. But as soon as he's traded, he'll be suddenly healthy. But it's like, yeah. So that that is a huge issue right now in the game, and it's a clear disparity between a player and his organization. Yeah, so the more part to this, explaining the whole Vino thing, is that supposedly, according to some stuff in, I can't remember if it was the Wyshynski article or the Kaplan article, I think it was Wyshynski who wrote this, but he was just generally referring to the fact that Vino doesn't treat his players very well and is kind of an old-fashioned, like, hard-ass and just not a very good guy in his opinion. He didn't mean to like accuse him of anything involving the medication. To which I say, I think you didn't think any of this through, Mr. Laner, because very clearly you were implicating him in this. And if you had taken five seconds, you probably would have realized this. This is not anger on Elaine Vigneault's behalf. Um, but yeah, like the, the main thing here is I don't think that we can really just totally dismiss the idea of like the flyers being involved with doing this type of shit with the medication because i have a feeling that every nhl team to an extent does that like there's there's ample examples of professional sports organizations making medication way too accessible or having employees within the organization commit medical malpractice um the two that really come to mind for me are uh tyler skaggs with the Los Angeles Angels, who died of a painkiller overdose. Um, and now there's like a whole thing going on legal case-wise with the fact that there was an Angels employee who was distributing painkillers to players whenever they wanted them. For those who don't know, also there's a huge opioid addiction crisis going on in this country. So pretty topical stuff here. Yeah, and then just a little bit, a little bit. The other thing that kind of came back to my memories is in 2019, I think it was, Calvin Johnson gave an interview after he retired from the NFL and opened up a little bit about how he just felt like painkillers were way too available to players. Like you could literally just walk in the trainer's room, grab whatever you wanted, and then leave. And he tried some of the painkillers and didn't like the way they made him feel and painkillers are highly addictive uh particularly the stuff for chronic pain which is some of the things that nfl teams have that you can just have free access to apparently and he said that basically he would rather take the risk of smoking marijuana and using that as a treatment or using medical marijuana as opposed to using painkillers uh which is pretty telling because it's like as an NFL player, if you test positive in a drug test, then you're going to lose out on a lot of money and games and you can potentially ruin your career that way. Oh, yeah. Huge deal and millions of dollars. The one I always think to and this one pisses me off all the time 
because it involves one of my favorite flyers of all time is Mike Richards. Uh, the whole Mike Richards situation back yeah. in 2015 where he was crossing the Canadian border with oxycodone and he didn't have a prescription and the Kings found a way to use this to terminate the rest of his contract because, you know, Richards just wasn't playing like he was earlier in the contract because he's a hard-hitting player and just kind of wears down. When you're a hard-hitting player, also, you're going to go through a hell of a lot of pain. And I just feel like he got so villainized throughout that, like vilified, rather. And it pisses me off to this day because it's not like Mike Richards is just, like, you know, seeking out, like, painkiller. Like, it, it just... The organization just completely was like, oh, yeah, we, we're going to terminate his contract based on this. And he's a piece of shit. And no, like he's putting he's putting his health on the line for the organization. And the he's team, suffering and, from addiction. Like, and, yeah, because of <laughs> the hockey he's playing for you. And I don't know where he got introduced to the painkillers, but it's just it, it's a frustrating not a stretch situation. to say through a team. You know, it's not a stretch. And we're not going to say we're going to say supposedly and we're gonna say it's all speculatory this is all speculation we're not directly accusing anyone of anything but yeah this we is not via a source dots. or something like that we are not acting like we are fully informed on what's going on behind the scenes unlike certain people but you know we can put two and two together at the end of the day and this stuff pisses me off frankly and yeah i so for laner to put this out there yeah like it is definitely a problem and it is something that needs to be addressed. But, and again, you pointed this out. Like I'm not, you know, we're not like a defending Elaine Vigneault's honor here. We're, we're kind of like middle of the road when it comes to Elaine Vigneault, right? Like it's as far he's as whatever like, he's whatever. He's not like the worst old school guy, but he's not also like our favorite coach. Like he's no Barry Trotz over there, the genius, but over at the genius, bar, the Barry Eggman, Trotz, the Eggman. I'm the Eggman. Going around town, left wing locking all over. Um, if Barry Trotz is the Eggman, who is the walrus? This is the question. Oh, it's Ken Hitchcock. <laughs> Good no answer. Good old Ken Hitchcock. But, okay. So, I... It's just like... I, I don't know if Laner just tweeted this out wrong, or as you said, like, put out an accusation and packed up on it. But when you reply to a tweet thread like that, that looks like a direct accusation. Yeah. And particularly because Nolan Patrick now plays on the same team as Laner. A lot of people leapt to conclusions and certain people decided to put those out onto the internet as fact rather than as, hey, this could be why he's saying this or how he's getting this information. Um, and I think that's where a lot of this like unraveling has sort of occurred. And now... Vino, I'm not saying that Vino's a stand-up dude. I don't know him. I've never played under him. Like, who knows? He could be a real jerk, or worse. Or he, he could, could be the be nicest like a guy Mike in the Babcock. World. But he could be a really, he could be a really perfectly decent human being. And now he's been implicated in something that he has very little to do with. Um, at least with the concrete proof that we do have, um, and the testimony that we do have. So, I don't know, like. It just seems like he's catching a lot of flack for something that he really shouldn't. When in reality, if we're going to target any kind of vitriol at somebody, it should be NHL teams. Because this completely slipped my mind until just this moment. But like, there was an article or a thing a while back about how Ryan Kessler was like 
you know, shitting blood and had like really awful, awful medical issues uh, that the team was like sort of helping him with, but not really. Um, and it was a whole like little mini doc or article. I can't remember which through Sportsnet um, talking about how like medicine in the NHL can be kind of screwed up and players want to fight through things that they shouldn't or teams will encourage that sometimes and you don't say i i will not be shocked if we're talking like two years or even a year or maybe even a few months down the road about how oh god like you know the flyers have been distributing painkillers or these these drugs that we've mentioned are anti-insomnia i think benzo particularly is labeled as a hypnotic uh for like countering extremely bad insomnia but they're highly addictive narcotics there's a reason that these are distributed with prescription sparingly and if like we're talking in a couple months about how like the flyers actually did do this i won't be shocked i just don't think that elaine vigno is the guy who's doing that and let's i i cannot make this clear enough we are not accusing the flyers of doing this we are in no way shape or form we're not accusing any club of doing this directly or anything like that. We are just stating that based on what Laner is saying, it certainly There's could something be an here. issue. It would not be the most shocking thing in the world to hear, but we have not heard anything. We are not making any accusations. No. For the love of God, don't sue us over this because there is nothing to sue. We've not made any accusations. Let's just yeah, make like, this so clear. But I mean, like, this could this could be a like problem from ahl teams or junior teams or like international squads i'm sure this is a problem in europe and russia and whatever so like this is not a direct oh the flyers are doing this or whatever it's just painkillers and illicit medication distribution and abuse that comes with it is a widespread problem in all pro sports from what we have seen uh, throughout different generations so like please flyers don't take this the wrong way and this also reminds me of a story that i was rereading i believe it was last week or the week before when i was rereading the eric lindros saga from the late 90s early 2000s when lindros almost died because he had a punctured lung. lung yeah and yeah that was not diagnosed properly and you know keith jones thankfully you know saved his life that night but it is it, just the way that was handled and the way that, you know, Bob Clark and and Eric Lindros's father, Carl Lindros, came out and, and fought about it in the media and Clark trying to blame it on the tough guy hockey persona and not speaking up. And, you know, that was just such a nasty fight. But it really goes to show you the worst of what sports can offer as far as as healthcare and these incidents go like that is really the worst of the worst there like that kind of incident yeah like not i i never want to be too hard on doctors because their jobs are incredibly difficult but at the same time i mean we've seen with i mean philly fans should know better than almost anybody look at the friggin sixers and the eagles like we've seen injuries get misdiagnosed or lengthened or the treatment is ineffective players are getting hurt all the time um 
and these are professionals who are on that staff, right? So just because these are doctors doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna do everything perfectly all the time. Now, you should still trust their medical knowledge for the most part, but if like a player is being given things that they shouldn't be being given or uh, they have an injury go undiagnosed, then it's not wrong to hold the doctors accountable for that, right? So I think there's a line to toe there, but I don't know. It's weird. What it comes down to for me is if there is a problem, let's get this solved. Let's get, let's yeah. figure it out. I, I'm glad that Lander's trying to bring this to light. It's just a, a weird way to go about doing it. And uh, so I'm going to read a little bit from Elliot Friedman's 32 thoughts. And it's, uh, I, I forgot that it was 32 thoughts now, right now, because we have uh, a new team, the Kraken, the, league, the Kraken. Yeah. but uh, I've got a couple Friedman quotes in this. He was busy with the flyers today. The criticism for Laner was re- related to the Philadelphia coach. Laner clarified he didn't mean to state anything indicating Vigneault illegally or immorally distributed pills to players. Vigneault had to publicly deny it, but didn't harshly fire back at the goalie, saying he was obviously very disappointed. That's the danger in spraying things across social media. It doesn't take much for thoughts to get mangled. Go haywire. There was some real anger. This unintended narrative hung around almost 36 hours. I would guess a major reason Laner said he will keep further discussions private is to avoid a repeat of the scenario. And he goes on to say, Only Laner knows what upset him about Vigneault, but several who played for the coach backed their self-appraisal. I am tough, I am demanding, but I care about my players. I want their best. One of the reasons Philadelphia is on my comeback team of 21-22 list is from top to bottom the organization asked itself hard questions about what went wrong and worked to address them. COVID life made a rough year even worse, with one source calling it a spiral of negativity we couldn't escape. It affected everyone. Players and coaches were beyond frustrated with each other, making their complaints known. There were no secrets. Few were spared. That's one of the reasons Philadelphia acquired the likes of Ryan Ellis, Nate Thompson, and Keith Yandel. It's not only about on-ice performance, but players pushing themselves to a better mindset. That goes for the coaches, too. It was a collective failure to right the ship. If you can't trust your processes when things inevitably go badly, you're doomed. After a season like that one, someone as competitive as Vigneault wants to lead the fix. So that's a lot right there to process. And it involves both Laner's comments and also Elaine Vigneault being, frankly, a bit of a hard ass. And that's where the ass crew comes from is, you know, is do you have too many hard asses in that room? Too much you've ass. Got too much ass. Entirely too much ass when you've got Vigneault, Michel Therrien, and Mike Yao. So <laughs> just love to <laughs> I just love to throw it in with the Philly 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 Delco Yao there. But I Man, it's just so much going on, and I really don't know what to think. But if there is a problem, good on Laner for bringing it up. I would like him to accomplish it in a way that isn't kind of just spraying accusations left and right at people that aren't necessarily the people that should be accused unless they should be accused i just would prefer more proof and not just firing it out on social media yeah that's kind of like my issue here is i i don't think robin later is like some infallible fantastic person or whatever but usually when he writes these kinds of things they seem to be a little bit more well thought out. Like the grammar in these was a mess. There were just kind of random things thrown in. The structure and ordering of it wasn't as coherent as some of the earlier things he had sent out. 
sort of vaguely hinting at the topic. So it really felt like a he sort of threw it all together in the spur of the moment, put a bunch of stuff out there, and then regrettably kind of attached somebody's name to it who didn't really deserve to have it attached there. So, and again, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, we don't know. But I'm going to side with what we know right now and say that Elaine Vigneault has nothing to do with this. So... I, I really hope that in the future, if Laner is going to do this sort of thing, because who knows, the league is in talks with him right now, as is the NHLPA, but maybe things fall apart. Maybe they try to push back, uh, in which case, go crazy, man. Post a bunch of stuff on Twitter, wherever, publicly forcing the league to take some action. But just make sure that you're thinking your things through before you put them out there, because again, you don't want people to be collateral damage just because you didn't take an extra second or two to correct what you were going to say or think through how it might look to somebody. Yeah, but it is definitely important to bring stuff to light. I'm specifically looking at the Chicago Blackhawks right now for a franchise that has tried to hide a whole lot of stuff. And, you know, I don't want to say they've done a good job of hiding it because people who know know, but, like, I don't feel like enough people know about this just horrific shit that has come out around this team and the 2010 season that it just with uh, it's just so disgusting what happened there and the fact that they were able to hide it this well and it's still like barely known amongst people as far as how bad it was it's just crazy to me it's sort of crazy that ESPN isn't talking about this and the Skags thing literally every day. But I guess that kind of shows where we're at. I don't know. But yeah, football, I, football, football. I, I think fair, fair point there. Yeah, that they literally just like local sports talk radio just cares about football. Like that's pretty much how it is. But yeah, that's that's sports, baby. That's sports. I don't know. It's yeah. You you make a good point where it's like that's a perfect example right there of an NHL team who everyone was like, oh, the Blackhawks under uh, Bowman and Talon are a model organization, and then there's been a whole lot of smoke around them for a while, and now there's a fire, and everybody seems to just be kind of ignoring it for the most part. Now, not saying that like hockey fans don't care because they do, but. We're not seeing a lot of continual discourse on this. I think people spoke about it a little bit back when the news first broke, and then they've stopped caring or keeping up with it. Uh, not all the way across the board, but like a good chunk of people don't. Yeah, it's uh, it's some serious problems in that franchise that I'm glad were brought to light, but probably should be even more well-known, but that's whistleblowers are very necessary people you know uh i I know they might be called snitches sometimes and we don't always appreciate the snitch that's for sure but a good whistleblower is necessary so if laner is coming out and revealing something that needs to be changed more power to him i just uh hope that the proper people are getting accused and sorted out for what's going on and uh hopefully it's not elaine vigneault uh, that is one of these people that is uh, doing something. It doesn't really make sense that it would be. But also, I I just hope that Elaine Vigneault is not just a, a piece of human garbage. I would certainly hope that is not the case. Uh, I get, we're not the biggest Elaine Vigneault defenders. But 
I do want to like the coach of my hockey team, at least moderately. I also just don't want to throw baseless accusations out there on him. Like, I need some proof that he's an ass. I know that he's, like, maybe a hardcore coach, but until you're, like, giving me testimony of stuff like we saw with Babcock, it only means so much. So that's sort of where I'm at. And there's also a difference between being an ass, like a hard ass, and being a monster. Abusive. Yeah, yeah. abusive. Like, there is a big difference there. Well, maybe, sadly, not as big a difference as you might think. But, you know, there, there's guys who are just hard on people, and there are guys who are just flat-out abusive. And I would certainly hope Elaine Vigneault is not that kind of person, but, you know, it's it certainly is some sort of accusation being thrown out that way. Yeah. It will definitely warrant us keeping an eye on as we go through the season to see kind of how, if at all, this gets touched on again. Now, to, to transition here to a subject that's it's kind of related to Elaine Vigneault being hard on people, a lot of people did not like Elaine Vigneault's comments in regards to Carter Hart late last year. And... Carter Hart bouncing back is, I would say, perhaps the number one storyline for the Flyers in regards to being competitive, making the playoffs. Without Carter Hart bouncing back, this team's going nowhere. And we haven't seen much from Martin Jones that would show that he can step in and be the guy if Carter Hart is not the guy. It's gotta be Carter Hart. So a lot of people didn't appreciate uh, Vigneault's comments about Carter Hart and his mental state last year. I'm included in that group but you know it's still up to carter hart and the tools that's given to him to kind of sort everything out and, and get back to the norm so this was also in 32 thoughts when carter hart signed his three-year extension in august he didn't reveal much about off-season work but for the first time he had on-ice sessions with both his personal teacher edmonton St- dustin schwartz and philadelphia's goalie coach kim dillaball present it's another example of how the Flyers attacked the offseason, as repairing Hart was a major, if not the major, project. Everything was discussed, from communication with him to technique. He's had two impressive preseason performances, and a friend who saw him at the Western Canadian Bio-Steel Camp said Hart looked terrific. Last March, the goalie whisperer, Vancouver-based reporter Kevin Woodley, went on Jason Mertitas's Flyers Daily podcast, saying, Hart's technical elements seem to have slipped, adding, I see a setup that doesn't look like Carter Hart. Everything looks slightly off. The talented young netminder had a miserable season, exacerbated by a schedule that didn't allow practice time. The goal was to make sure everyone knows how to stop a repeat scenario. The Flyers aren't fooling around. So that's it's it, that's very interesting to me that, you know, Hart worked so hard in the offseason. I, a lot's been made of his mental state, but also just, you know, a, a lot of that also comes down to getting your fundamentals right getting just the basics of your game back on track i think you see this a lot with baseball right where like a batter's swing is slightly off and it just affects everything from there and that kind of seems like a lot of the issue with carter hart is just even getting back to basics getting those fundamental building blocks right i'm hoping i mean he looks a lot better this preseason than at any point last season I'm really hoping he's back. How are you feeling about Carter Hart right now with about a week left of preseason games? I think he's looked pretty good. Um, I do worry a little bit about 
what his relationship with Vino is going to be like because Vino, by all accounts, was not good to him last year and did not do a good job of taking care of him. Obviously, they've tried to counteract that and overhaul that, but I I have to think that that still stings him a little bit. Um, and if he's not playing well, Vino has a tendency, it seems like, to throw his players under the bus a little bit. Sometimes it's warranted, like when he was talking about some of the top six players who were veterans a while ago, and he's like, I need more out of JVR, I need more out of Jake Voracek. But those comments last year about how Hart's not working hard enough or he's not practicing hard enough, like if he does that again, that's really not good for a young goalie's confidence. Um, I think Carter Hart himself will be fine. I don't know that he's going to be a world beater. I don't think he's going to be like a Vezina finalist, but I have confidence that he'll be a well above average goalie. And that's really all I can ask after he had literally the worst goaltending season of like the 2010s or 2000s last year. <laughs> Just an abject disaster by every measure. And yeah, above average, I think would be enough to maybe even get the Flyers in the playoffs. I'm hoping so. I mean, after all the changes they've made, who really knows what the team will do. I mean, who can say? Who, who can say? We're going to find out because these were some big changes and... I, it's, I am in a really, you know, I was really raring to go, like, I feel like a few days ago, and then the Morgan Frost thing, and then looking at that bottom six, I was just kind of like, wait, hold the horses, I'm not sure I'm as raring to go as I was just a bit ago. You're telling me that you don't get, like, your blood pumping when you see Nate Thompson and Jackson Cates? When I saw Nate Thompson was coming back, I just... That's a name right there. And I was look, doing I was doing a happy dance. I was screaming. You were screaming crazy. just the top of your lungs like Nate motherfucking Thompson. Woo! Yeah, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. Woo! Like just going nuts. Nate Thompson might be the least exciting hockey player. I can no, it's Chris Vandeveld. He's still the least exciting hockey player I can think of. But Yuri Laterra. No, I think Chris Vandevelde is less exciting than Yuri Laterra because as you may remember. Yuri Laterra is an all-star all on the boards. Also noted cocaine, uh, Lord. Yeah, the the man. Look, we don't, you know, he, didn't he get dismissed of those charges? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your old alone. Oh my gosh. Did you see the comments that the Lions head coach made in the NFL where he basically, he like, before the season this this is the same like crazy dude who like very much screams i am on so much creatine right uh and he's like yeah like i drink like a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day um and was not joking that seems like a bad idea he had a comment the other day in a press conference where he basically implied that coffee is not enough for him anymore and he started snorting cocaine (laughs) <laughs> well i guess when you just gotta get some more of that that white five hour energy into your system you, you go for i guess a 20 minute energy when it comes to that but uh, okay man hey whatever floats your boat whatever right works. there whatever, whatever works. works gotta stay awake you might have a problem with caffeine if that's the case maybe just a tad you might have a slight addiction to it little dependency are you seeing right now also to derail this even further this jack eichel stuff 
So what's going on? I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but considering we're done with pretty much all our Flyers topics for the evening, I would love to talk about what's going on with Jack Eichel. So what's the latest you are seeing from our breaking news reporter, Raymond Smith? Hold on. Play, somebody play the action news theme. Somebody play it. Action news. Yeah, we'll, we'll just get our intern who totally exists to edit that in in post. Well, not, you know, <laughs> we don't have the budget. Uh, so the main thing that I'm looking at right here is Nick Kiprios, who is working for Fan590, which is a Sportsnet subsidiary, home of the Blue Jays, Maple Leafs, and Raptors. So he's pretty legit. Nick Kiprios knows this stuff. Also an NHL alumni has broken some news before quote some nhl teams like the new york rangers who are in on eichel are past medical issues it appears the rangers will support jack for artificial disc replacement surgery which is the surgery that eichel wanted providing that they can come to terms on a hockey trade with the buffalo sabers no indication that they're close on a deal so that basically means that one of the big holdups has been I think the Rangers were kind of iffy on whether or not they wanted him to get that surgery too. Now they've come out and they've said that. Uh, This was tweeted at 6.48 p.m. Central Time today. So it's pretty relevant. We're recording at 9.22 Central or 10.22 Eastern Time for all of you hooligans who live out on that coast. Yeah, the Rangers might trade for Jack Eichel. With what money? I don't know, but they could make it happen. They have the assets too, for sure. Um, you can maybe do something with like Chris Kreider and Lafreniere to make a deal there. But I don't know. It's just not great that they are tooling around Jack Eichel because Jack Eichel's a good hockey player. And I would rather not let the New York Rangers have him as much as he would screw up their cap situation and potentially their rebuild. I just would hope if that happened, because I would be rooting so heavily against Jack Eichel, if that was the case, I would have just have to hope that he is as much of an asshole as the Buffalo Sabres portray him to be. Yeah, maybe we get a repeat Tony D'Angelo scenario. Here. Oh, maybe not that much of an asshole. I don't wish anybody to be that much of an asshole, and that I will put on the record, but I... I really hope it's way too much ass. I really hope number one, this is clearly being put out there by Jack Eichel's agent going like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Hey Nick, uh, let's talk about the Rangers trading for my client, Jack Eichel. But it's, it's interesting to follow. I really want the saga to end for Jack Eichel's sake, because this is ridiculous. And that franchise is such a disaster. The Buffalo Sabres, just a complete and total wreck of a franchise Free Jack Eichel, but just not to the New York Rangers. Like, I already had to see Breadman go there and be amazing for them, and it kills me every time. Please, go to the LA Kings, Jack Eichel. You can be a star in LA. It would be fantastic for the league, it would be great for Jack Eichel, and it'd be great for me for not having to see another star go to the Rangers. Yeah, let's not. Let's not with this. Let's just... He can he can stay in Buffalo for all I care at this point. Like, like what an absolute well, that's that's not really scenario. Right of, that's not Jack really right Eichel, of me to say. I don't care at this point as long as he's not going to the Rangers. <laughs> I just I want I want him to be healthy. I want him to get the procedure that he wants, and it seems like that's not going to happen with the Sabers. So let me revise that comment and say, if the Sabers would let him get the procedure that he wants and will treat him well and allow him 
freedom in his medical decisions in the future, then I don't give a damn where he is, and that includes Buffalo. But, like, I think Jack Eichel, just like everybody else, is entitled to (laughs) freedom of control over his body, even if he might be, you know, a bit of a jerk. Just maybe a little bit of a jerk. I agree with that. I agree (laughs) with that. Who knows? He might not be a jerk. He might be a jerk. Who knows? We've made jokes about him being the true GM of the team for years now. Obviously, it isn't true because he's still there, and (laughs) he would have traded himself if he could have. But, man... The LA Kings got the assets. Make it work, LA. Come on. Win out. I do not want to see Jack Eichel and Artemi Panarin play together. It is just... It would keep me up at night thinking about that just horrific matchup. Even the powers of defensive guru Sean Couturier probably couldn't shut that down. No. No. Let's let's no longer think about that. I think you have one other thing on the docket here, and then we are good to wrap up this show. Yeah, I wasn't even sure if we were going to talk about that, but uh, Sean Gentile over The Athletic had put out a list of the top 30 over 30, basically the best old guys. And the only flyer on that list, you will be really shocked to hear this one, is our beloved Claude Giroux is at 23 on that list. And it's... It's hard to disagree with that too much. I mean, you know, Claude Giroux definitely belongs up there. I think he's still very good. I think he might have even flown on under the radar last year. It was because he, I, I think he did a lot of good work defensively last year that might have not been yeah. noticed by people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at this list right now. So immediately above him is Jeff Petrie for the Canadiens. Jeff Petrie is not better than Claude Giroux. Like, no. He's... <laughs> no. He's fine. Like, he gets he a lot a of assists, year. great. <laughs> he, had a good, he had a good year last year, but, like, I don't think Jeff Petrie is consistently better than Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux is a better player than him. Nick Backstrom, yes. I'd agree with that. Joel Pavelski, maybe, but maybe not. Like, eh, Ryan O'Reilly, yes, but he's 30 flat. Crystal Tang, probably still, yeah. Stamkos, yes. Ovechkin. When Stamkos is healthy. It's like two games yeah, a year at this which point. which is like never. Ovechkin, yeah, clearly. Although, as an overall hockey player, maybe not quite as good as he used to be. I think that's a closer race than most people would think. But he still, like, scores a billion goals every year, so Yeah, whatever. he's still the best pure goal scorer there you know, maybe not anymore because we have Austin Matthews now, but like, and I David mean, maybe in NHL history, Ovechkin might be the best pure goal scorer. No, he is. Yeah. I'll, I'll absolutely say that. And anybody who says otherwise, you're wrong. 15, John Tavares. Yeah, sure. 14, Max Patchy ready coming off of a really good year. So I guess fair. 13 though, Carey Price. No. <laughs> Carey Price. game. Carey Price has not been good in the regular season for like three years now. He's been awesome in the postseason. That's cool. You need to get to the postseason in order for that to matter. And part of that is having good goaltending. (laughs) He can't stay healthy like consistently. And when he is healthy, he's not been amazing. So I just don't. That just seems like a stupid pick to put him that high. He's not better than all of the rest of the guys between Giroux and him at the very least. Number 12, Robin Lehner. I think Robin Lehner's really good. I don't know that he's better than Claude Giroux. No, I don't think he's better than Claude Giroux. And Number I, 11. I think Lehner is 
I feel like he's inconsistent. Like, like some years he's just amazing. And then the next year he'll just kind of be mediocre. Well, he's, he's a good goalie. He's a very good goalie. Yeah. But I just don't know that he is the 12th best over 30 player in the league. Like, is he really better than John Tavares or friggin Alex Ovechkin? Or Nick Backstrom? I don't know. I feel like that's maybe a little much to say. Yeah, I, John I would Carlson definitely not say here. Backstrom and Ovechkin. Like, uh, I, I definitely yeah. would not say he's better than those guys. We have John Carlson at eleven. John Carlson's awesome. Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon is at ten. Good pick. Semyon Varlamov Boo. is at nine, and he he wasn't even that good before showing up in new york like he's been always a pretty solid goalie but the ninth best over 30 player in the nhl i don't know roman yossi at eight here fair patrick kane at seven probably fair alex petrangelo at six sure mark andre flurry but at five i mean fantastic one year not good the next year fantastic another year and now he's in chicago He's looked good in the preseason, but like, who knows? Um, I I think Flurry is probably the only goalie that I could actually see in this range, though. Number four, Victor Hedman, totally. Three, Patrice Bergeron, absolutely. Two, Brad Marchand, yeah. And number one, Sidney Crosby. A lot of these are fair, but like, really, the ones that I have big issues with are the goalies, and then some of these guys more towards the bottom of the list. Like, I don't know that I can confidently say that uh, Jeff Petrie is better than Claude Giroux, or I mean, the the one that really kind of sticks with me a little bit more is uh, like Stamkos is better when than Giroux, absolutely when he's healthy, but he's just not been healthy so i mean once he played five games in the last two years yeah he's made of glass at this point so i 23 seems about right for Giroux. you can maybe move him up a couple spots but i don't know here's an interesting what about what about pavelski that one so pavelski had a really disappointing first year with the stars but since then has probably been their best forward outside of maybe rupe hints now i think that rupe hints is doing more to drive him than he is the other direction but i think pavelski is still a really good player but there is room for debate there whether or not he is actually better than claude Giroux, um because he's been surrounded probably by better talent recently i don't know it's iffy it's iffy it's, that one's close i'd probably i might give pavelski the edge there but you know that one's close yeah Joel Pavelski, talk about another guy who, like, is a perfect, should have been a flyer candidate. Mm. 40 goal scorer, likes to score by just standing in front of the net and poking things in. Gritty, didn't really have the best skating, but still figured out how to be a good player anyways. Just fits that build perfectly. Yeah, and then right above Pavelski's uh, Ryan O'Reilly, another really... Should have been. I should have been flyer. The only one, I, I think... There were a lot of, like, times in the Hextall era where I thought a lot of people were just being, like, a little crazy about, like, oh, the Flyers should trade this guy. Flyers should trade for that guy. Like, you don't even know he's available. Absolutely Ryan should pull the trigger on him. is the one guy that 
I am forever super pissed that Ron Hextall did not go out and get because the price paid and just what the Flyers need. Oh my God, he would have been great. You're making me give up German Rubstov and <laughs> Isaac Ratcliffe and a first round pick. That's way too much for a number one or number two center. Can't pay that. Like, what the hell, Ron? Oh. That's so dumb. I'm like, not super I don't know that they had him, a great yikes. deal on the table or what, but like, man. That's... I mean, look at the package that Buffalo got back and tell me that the Flyers could not have easily done better and only given up like their sixth and tenth best prospect. That was imagine, not in the NHL. Imagine we're in the alternate universe where the Flyers, instead of having Kevin Hayes, have Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, that's the best one-two center punch in the league for like a year there. Because Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly are the best and second best, basically interchangeably, two-way players in the NHL for, like, the 2019 and 2020 seasons. Well, the only thing that matters on this list is Claude Giroux beat out Evgeny Malkin. So, suck it, Malkin! Suck it, Gino. Ugly bastard. (laughs) Anytime you can beat Malkin out, I'm, I'm just happy. Imagine being born with a face that looks like, you know, like the trolls in fairy tale books or whatever, where they're kind of squashed or like a really ugly garden gnome. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Listen, this is a man that I have photoshopped onto Danny DeVito's penguin from Batman Returns. And, you know, yeah, the Pam Beasley, it's the same picture. Yeah, I mean, he had to like his mom must have really hated him. (laughs) Poor Evgeny Malkin. Worse than Claude Giroux. It's verified. It's it's just a fact now. Facts of life. Sorry about it, Penguins fans. But never sorry about anything to the Penguins. No. Never. Never. Ever. Well, folks, that's all we got for you. And guess what? We are only one more podcast away from Flyers Eve. Oh, Woo! wow very somewhat excited i'm excited to have <laughs> hockey that counts back again but i just the bottom six right now is bugging me but i i'm excited to see how the new look team you know is looking uh, ryan ellis is super exciting i think him and Provorov have looked really good together in the preseason so i'm excited to see them in the regular season together and you know mount up wrist alliance let's see if your boy can actually produce anything besides hits i don't want to see any more scrambling dives to block shots from across the crease because he was out of position please god but i have a feeling we'll be seeing more of that <laughs> learn to play defense you can hit learn to play defense ay 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 but all right listen let i i will give him every shot i will give rasmus restalinen every shot in the world to impress me here that's all i got i got nothing else on him that's for sure <laughs> but we'll see we're, we're a week away uh we're like a week and a half away from the flyers and the vancouver canucks playing in philadelphia an actual home opener to start the season it's it's nice <laughs> playing against uh should have been a flyer elias Pettersson in the home opener oh, or in the the first game i should say is it at home i can't remember it is here it is in philadelphia because it's the first time in years that this has happened. Congrats. Congrats. You don't, you don't have it's to nice. open the year on the West Coast. Or in another country. 
Good God, yeah. I, I will say, do you remember? I, I had a lot of that fun year. That game. Do you remember I didn't that go year when the they went there? <laughs> when they went to Prague or whatever. It was Prague. So they they got their butts kicked, or they lost to, I should say, like a Euro team. Yeah. And everyone was like, was oh, like, this team is going to be bad. It was like Team Finland or something. Or not Team Finland. No, it like, wasn't even that. It was literally like a... I think they, uh, didn't they play in Finland? Dutch. It, no, it was, it was Prague. They were playing in Prague. And it was against a local or like Czech League team. And they lost. And it was like an exhibition, obviously. But... Everyone was like, man, this Flyers team is going to be garbage. And that ended up being the year where they were actually good for, like, the first time in a while. So maybe maybe this year uh, with the home thing and it being something kind of different, we get some sort of effect replicating that? I don't know. I'm out on a limb here. <laughs> you are out on a limb, but we'll see. I mean, th- they're supposed to make the playoffs this year because they make them every other year. So this is the year that they're supposed to return. So... Make your bets now, guys. Make I'll believe it when I now. see it. Listen, that's they're due. That's all it is. Uh, it was H.C. Lausanne. I could be pronouncing that wrong, but that's who they played in that game at Valdoy Arena. I, I give up on that, but yes, that's who they played. What a Yikes. time that was. But that Prague game was a lot of fun against the Chicago Blackhawks. It, just despicable franchise. But they uh, they won that day, and I won 100 bucks off Travis... Uh, or, off, yeah, Travis Connectney TK, the original jerk store, scoring the first goal of the season. And that was lovely for my bank account. And for buying drinks at the bar while watching that game. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was. I was in class... I believe it was chemistry freshman year and I sat like in the middle of the lecture hall and just had my laptop popped up and was watching the game. I was not, I was not a very good student <laughs> my freshman year. I'm doing very well now for oh those who might be concerned. Year. I was, uh, I took a half day from my, my office job to go watch at the bar, but you know what? That was a hell of a half day. I went to, I went to Chinatown, I got a dim sum lunch, and I watched the Flyers win. You really can't ask for a better afternoon than that. Not really, no. Oh. All right, do we have anything else here? Nope, that's it. We are calling it, and we will be back next week. We got a couple podcasts lined up. We might have a little season preview. We might have a little flat burbly action. Don't hold me to it if it doesn't happen, but that's the plan, Stan. We'll see what happens. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Eamon at Jin and UC like UC Soros. Eamon, got anything to plug, bud? Not particularly. I mean, we're going to have some season preview content coming out on BSH uh, within this week, probably tomorrow. And I'm on that. And then also, y'all should go and read all of the really good preseason content that we've been putting out particularly the stuff that maddie has been doing is awesome she does those observations after games shout out to the lord's work for this blog maddie does the lord's work in general this is not restricted to blog stuff but go go read her content and then also uh i'll probably start writing some stuff about the predators again if y'all are interested in that i know we have a couple of crossover fans um go go read that on the forecheck.com you can find all of that there and other than that i mean I have a radio show now, which is pretty funny. Oh, so wow. I, I would ask y'all to listen to it, but I am highly embarrassed by it. So <laughs> what kind of 
radio show are you doing? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what kind? You gotta, you gotta tell me. It's about hockey. Um, we are doing it on the student radio for Auburn, which is 91.1 WEGLFM. You can listen to it streamed online. It's 3 o'clock every Tuesday. We're going to be doing this. Um, I'm very comfortable behind the mic. My co-host is kind of getting used to it a little bit. So hence why I'm saying you might want to take a little time, wait, and then <laughs> listen to the show because we did our first show this past week. And uh, it was a little bit of a train wreck. So, yeah. But, yeah, that'll that'll be fun. And if you want to keep up with, like, what I'm doing, that's part of that. There you go. All right. Well, hey, good luck with the show. I'm, uh, I'm sure you're going to do great. <laughs> we'll see. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Oh, God. All right. Well, we got Auburn Radio and all that great stuff. But lots of tangy tent coming out on BroadStreetHockey.com over the coming days so be sure to check that out also podcast 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 we are gonna have the flyers forecast coming back not next week we're gonna do a preview next week but then after that forecast early in the week monday tuesday every week for the rest of the season oh wow and of course fly purpley we'll be back maybe some news about fly? i don't know we'll see no Maybe some program. I don't know. But we'll see. But anyway, we got Fly Purbly. We got the Flyers forecast. We got checking out the competition. Kelly Hinkle doing great work checking out that competition. And of course, Bill Matz and the post games are coming back. Everybody loves the post game. And Bill kills it. Does a great job. I hate filling in on those because I'm not Bill Matz. And I just can't be Bill Matz, even though that's who I want to be when I grow up. And, of course, BSH Radio. So much great podcasting stuff. All for you wonderful people. So thank you so much for listening. It's time for Flyers Hockey, baby. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow